0: If you've had the unfortunate chance uh, to watch some mainstream news media today, you've probably heard that today is the day that seals Joe Biden's fate as the next president of the United States. Well, not so fast. (laughs) Welcome to tonight's Dr. Gina with Primetime. I thought we've heard this one several times lately, like on the Safe Harbor Day deadline. Remember that? It was all over then and then every time that a judge refused to hear the evidence of vote fraud, despite how widespread and rampant it is and how much proof and evidence there is, I want to remind you there is only one day that is in the Constitution. For those of us who actually pay attention to the, you know, the thing, right? Uh, And that is Inauguration Day. Today, the Electoral College electors cast their votes, and it's ridiculous that the electors even went through this exercise, but we know why they did it. They have to keep pushing forward, they have to hurry because more and more evidence is coming to light each day, just like it did today in Michigan where a judge has released the analysis done on the voting machines in Antrim County and some disturbing facts have been revealed. No big surprise to most of us who know about this and have studied this and have watched all of this unfold, the Amistad Project released some key facts about the findings including there was a 68% error rate in the votes cast. Now, even though the Federal Election Commission's allowable rate is .0008%, also, there was an 81.96 rejection rate in the votes cast. That means election workers had to look at all of those ballots to determine who the voter meant to actually vote for, and the election worker decides who gets the vote. And thanks to COVID rules, Nobody was allowed to be near those workers during all of this adjudication. Alrighty then, so the plot thickens and in light of all these findings, the Amistad Project is calling on judges in the disputed swing states to step up and make sure all the data is preserved for investigators and legislators to review what happened when the votes were counted. So coming up, we will run through some more of these disturbing findings in this audit with an attorney from the Amistad Project coming up a little later in the show. But first, we take our trip around the world to see our hosts and correspondents on the ground where all the actioning is happening that is making news today. Let's check in with Jessica Rivera. Jessica, what do you have for us in Denver? Well, Dr. Gina, Facebook's
1: so-called independent fact-checkers have been found to have ties to Chinese Communist government and Hillary Clinton. Lead Stories and Pointer Institute, two fact-checkers used by Facebook, are paid through TikTok, which is run by a Chinese company, ByteDance, and a company that is also under investigation for possible uh, security threats to our national security. According to reports in 2019, TikTok told its partners to censor anything that had to do with making the Chinese communist government look bad, such as historical factual uh, massacres and past or current persecutions. But that's not all. The so-called independent fact checkers have also been found to be Hillary Clinton supporters. Sky News Australia found digital editor Jack Huffton is a fact checker and brags on Twitter about being on Team Hillary. American University School of Communications professor and Facebook fact checker Margot Suska is also on Team Hillary and has gone on Russian TV saying it's a dereliction of duty for news outlets to broadcast President Trump's speeches, among her many other social media posts attacking the president. Um, Mind you, Facebook states their so-called independent fact checkers are nonpartisan, yet these are the people who have the ability to censor whatever post or information they choose, no questions asked. Other so-called independent fact checkers used by Facebook are the Associated Press, Check your fact, media-wise, and The Dispatch. And Dr. Gina, I don't think it was any surprise that fact-checkers are liberal or they're Hillary Clinton supporters. What is baffling to me and what I still can't get through is how this is not clear evidence of Chinese interference into our 2020 elections.
0: Jessica, this is mind-blowing. I mean, literally, as you say it, I'm sitting there thinking this can't be real. I hope she really checked her sources on this. You know, because it doesn't sound like something that could even be true. It's so crazy. It is,
1: and it's interesting that it's not in the mainstream media here in, the, in America, uh, in the US. It is Australia's national news that's doing it. And they really have no skin in the game. So that's what was even more interesting. And not to mention, in 2019, there was a Swedish uh, study that was actually done. And this is what China does. If they're gonna try to do a regime change, they're very, very commonly, they do it with misinformation on social
0: media. And it seems like they could have succeeded this time. Wow, unbelievable. Jessica, thank you so much, appreciate that. Let's head over to DC. Mm -hmm. Let's head over to DC where our own Carrie Sheffield with Just The News has some very interesting COVID stats for us. Go ahead, Carrie. Hey there, Dr. Gina,
2: yes. I interviewed a data expert. He's a Harvard Business School grad, and he's one of those tech CEOs who has fled California and has moved to Texas. He's in Austin now. His name is Yunan Weiss, and he said he put out some charts. He's gotten millions of views on Twitter, so uh, someone for for you all to follow. Um, He points out that despite California following what he calls medieval science and superstition, it has had a nearly identical case trajectory as Texas, which follows almost none of it. In Texas, the schools are open. Businesses are open. People can go for a walk. In other words they are treated as human beings so he says that uh you know looking at this trajectories here they're very similar he also points out the odds of death if you are under age 50 for someone with a COVID infection is somewhere between the odds of death by sunstroke and electrocution he says that you won't hear this from the mainstream media but these numbers are based on the cdc and the national safety council and easy to calculate and you can see the causes of death there he lists heart disease cancer way more likely to die of that also car accidents drownings fire or smoke Um, and then he also noted um, that in a separate tweet to put this in perspective somebody under age 50 is three times more likely to die in their life by choking on their own food than by covid 19. Uh, we talked about why so many people are living in fear of this virus and his big mantra on life is don't live in fear Get the facts, educate yourself, uh, and do accordingly. Which is which is what he's done with his own feet. All right, back to you, jo- Dr. Dana. Thanks so much.
0: Unbelievable. I'm sorry. I just these facts are just so unbelievable. Three times as likely to die choking on food. Are they going to make us puree our foods now? We're going to go into restaurants and everything's going to be pureed because we shouldn't be allowed to chew our own. I mean, really, the logic, the science that is real that does not dictate our, uh, our, our our pendulum on this is, is just uh, mind-boggling. Anyway, we are going to go off to Jerusalem where Gal Kalev has high hopes for a future of peace with Arab countries thanks to the framework laid by the president. Gal, go ahead.
3: Thanks, Gina. You know, there's a renewed sense of optimism for peace here in Israel thanks to the Abraham's Accord. It's called the Abraham's Accords because it's peace between the Abrahamic nations. But I think it also deploys the peacemaking principles of Abraham himself. We're told in the Bible that the local kings sought to make alliances with Abrams because of his success in the wars. This is classic peace through strength. And they also wanted to make peace with him because they wanted to make peace with him, peace for peace, not they didn't ask him to give up this territory, that territory, or this concession or that concession. So I just think it's astonishing that thousands of years after Abraham, after decades of failed frameworks that really don't have much to do with the Middle East, have more to do with you know foreign offices elsewhere, President Trump comes in and applies the same Abrahamic principles to peacemaking here in the Middle East. And it works. Uh, Peace through strength and peace for peace. And we now have peace with a number of Arab countries. We're hoping to expand that. Uh, There's partnerships going on. And we look forward to welcoming our new Arab friends here in Jerusalem. Back to you, Gina.
0: Thanks so much, Gall, and happy Hanukkah to all of you there in Israel from our whole RAV team. Now back to D.C., where Ben Berquam is standing by. Ben, you were out in the crowd this weekend where Trump supporters were showing their love to President Trump. There were several events there in D.C. What was most remarkable to you?
4: You know, Dr. Gino's it was really two things. Uh, first was the passion and the commitment that Trump supporters still have. They absolutely believe President Trump won the election they see the voter fraud, all of the examples of voter fraud, all over the country, from Pennsylvania to Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, and they believe that President Trump ultimately will end up being victorious. Uh, we spoke to Mike Lindell at length, and he, uh, w- on several di- for several different reasons, said uh, he still believes President Trump will win this. The other part that uh, is striking to me, and I see this every time I go out, every time I go to a Trump rally or anywhere that Trump supporters are is the level of actual diversity not the fake diversity that democrats talk about but everybody is there white black brown uh, male female young and old we had vietnamese americans for trump every single group of american is represented at these rallies and and you won't see that from the mainstream media they will they they lie to you and tell you this is a homogenistic you know one size fits all all Uh, uh, a bunch of white supremacists, and it is anything but that. These are patriots that love this country and that love President Trump. It was huge. There were several events, like you said, had the March for Trump, had the Jericho March where they were marching around the walls of the city of of, of Washington, D.C., and and praying that the walls come tumbling down, the evil that is is, uh, running rampant in this country. It was a beautiful day. Until the end of the day, when Antifa and BLM came out and tried to yes. attack more people and, and uh, you know, it went from there. But the day itself was well, just, no, wait. it then, was beautiful. Because
0: I saw Because I saw mainstream media reports that it was white supremacists that were out in force. Uh, these were Trump supporters that were harassing the poor BLM peaceful protesters. Let me see if I can get this right. Um, and so, yeah, is that what you saw? <laughs>
4: no it is the exact opposite and in fact i was able to uh, interview one of those trump supporters who was attacked by antifa and blm today uh ron uh spike ron j spike was here on the set he's a black trump supporter was attacked and jumped by antifa members on his way to his hotel. He was just walking down the street. they knocked off his hat. This is him here. They attacked him. He ended up getting stomped on the ground before the police came to his rescue. If the police hadn't come to get him, he would, uh, he, who knows what had happened to him. Four uh, members, uh, Patriot members, also were stabbed. Two of them were in critical condition this weekend. All of the violence that I saw was started by the radical left, and thank God there were men there that were willing and women that were willing to go out and support and protect the people as they were walking back to their hotel rooms what happened was there was a large group of patriots from across the country who said we're not going to allow people to be attacked grandmas and children as they're walking back to their hotels so they started walking through the streets to protect people and ironically antifa and blm after that went and hid behind the police the very same police that they're saying uh, they want to defund, and they're attacking. They went and hid behind those police officers. It was just the irony in all of it. It's it's shocking, and the the sickest part to me is the dereliction of duty that the mainstream media continues to practice. Uh, it's it's just fake news on top of fake news. Uh, it, it's it's shocking, but it's not shocking anymore. It's just become, you know, routine at this point.
0: Uh, you know, Ben, you really have to wonder, don't you, when, when, when a black man was attacked, a black Trump supporter, you have to wonder about comments made by Joe Biden uh, like that if you didn't vote for him, you're not black. You don't have a right to not vote for him if you are black I- in his supposition. And so it doesn't surprise you then that the, you know, concrete operational childish thinkers that are thinking with their emotions rather than their brains. Um, commit some sort of attack like this. And there is nothing, nothing from Democrat politicians, from the media, uh, in any way that anyone should apologize to these three people uh, that were uh, initially in critical condition. You said uh, you had one of them you interviewed today. Do we have an update on the other two?
4: As far as I know, they're stable now, but uh, yeah, you know, they were stabbed. One of them, I was about 20 feet away from when he got stabbed and it got stabbed in the gut and was uh, they said he was bleeding out thankfully there was police on on scene uh, paramedics Gosh. on scene the guy who stabbed him was arrested he was actually beat up pretty bad by the group of people that were around there and he, he ended up uh, I don't know stabbing a couple more people in that process but it was you know again you just mainstream will never then? tell you what's what's that
0: did anyone go to jail
4: he did he did the the guy who stabbed the uh, the Trump supporters there was uh, some proud boys out there that the the media likes to demonize so badly. Several of the those stabbed were uh, members of that group, uh, but the 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 Antifa BLM member who did the stabbing was arrested at that point. I don't have an update on uh, his status if he's still in jail and the charges, uh, but he should it should be attempted murder. I mean at this point, and uh, we pray that all four of those individuals survive. But it, at this point, it should be attempted murder. But I haven't heard whether or not those charge what the charges were. I-
0: and just one more quick question, if you can answer quickly, because we're really short on time. Uh, was, was he arrested on charges of a hate crime?
4: Not. I, again, I don't know the charges themselves. I just saw him being led away in handcuffs.
0: All right. Ben Barquam, thank you so much. Thanks for covering. Glad you're safe. Thanks. Huge evidence of voter fraud coming up revealed in Michigan. No, we haven't forgotten about Michigan in our trip around the world. We're going to devote a whole segment to it. We are going to run through it with an attorney from the Amistad Project. Up next, you're going to want to stay right where you are. Don't forget, if you're watching us, on Real America's Voice RAV. Make sure you tune in and subscribe to our podcast at justthenews.com, Dr. Gina Primetime. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you watch our show every single night, seven o'clock, right here. And we'll see you in just a moment. Stick around.
2: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash ad news podcasts. That's Amazon.com slash ad news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And welcome back to
0: Dr. Gina Primetime. We're so glad you're with us. Today, the Electoral College electors cast their votes, but why are they so eager to forge force Joe Biden down our throats when more and more evidence of vote fraud is coming to light every single day? What is their hurry? Evidence is being uncovered every day, and that's exactly what's happening in Michigan today. An examination of the uh, Antrim County voting equipment was conducted several days ago and the findings were just released today. The Amistad Project has been working hard to go through it all and Ian Northam from that team joins us right now. Ian, tell us some of what was in this report, please.
5: Well, thank you for having me. Yes, so the the report related to uh, voting machines that were seized. And a forensic audit that was conducted up in Antrim County, Michigan, which is one of the more rural counties uh, in, in northern Michigan. But the same voting machines and software were used in several counties uh, throughout the state, including some of the larger ones like Macomb, Wayne, and Kent County. So it wasn't used uh, universally throughout the state, but it was used in many of the counties. And what it did was it was a forensic audit. It compared the air rates, uh, which were uh, astronomically high compared to the air rates that Michigan. Uh, in accepting federal HAVA money, Help America's VODAC money, had promised uh, its citizens and the federal government that it would comply. So by having these high air rates, uh, it actually suggests that it can't even count uh, the way that it's supposed to, and that, um, that, that calls for more investigations and more forensic audits that are needed here in the state of Michigan.
0: Why did it take so long to get our hands on this information, though, Ian? Why, didn't the, why did the judge hold on to this for so long?
5: Well, to the judge's credit, the judge, respond, or judge responded very quickly to motions filed by the, the, the civil attorney up in northern Michigan. But remember, civil cases tend to move very slowly. What I'm, what I'm disappointed in is the lack of interest by our state legislators and the lack of interest by criminal law enforcement, which can subpoena things, issue warrants, and do things very quickly. So these were civil attorneys trying to get uh, access to the ballots, access to the voting machines, Uh, in real time. And again, civil attorneys don't have the same powers that the government has in investigating um, irregularities, unlawfulness, or potential crimes.
0: And yeah, where Uh, is the DOJ? Shouldn't they be uh, interested in this, Ian?
5: Well, winter winter does come early sometimes in Michigan, and so they may be hibernating, but I think this should uh, catch their attention, and hopefully they'll come awake and see that uh, more needs to be done. What's interesting is that uh, both the Department of State and the Secretary of State uh, opposed the motion as well as her lawyers at the Attorney General's office opposed this mo- motion and tried to keep the information concealed from the public. And I think that's, that's the most troubling thing, which is if, if this is uh, what we think it is, which is widespread irregularity and widespread inaccuracies, Michigan voters have a right in, in the Michigan Constitution as well as the U.S. Constitution to accuracy and integrity in their election. And here you've got officials, both the legislatures who have plenary power to investigate this mess and the election officials in the executive branch kind of shrugging their shoulder. They've all taken the same oath to defend and uphold the Constitution, but they don't seem to be that curious about widespread uh, lawlessness or irregularities.
0: Ian, part of the information released by your group today is that there was a 68% error rate in the votes cast, even though the Federal Election Commission's allowable rate is 0. .0008%. Uh, was this just by accident? Is this by design? Um, and, and what do we do about this now?
5: Yeah, so, you know, I haven't been through uh, all of the reports or all of the underlying data that, filling into the report. Uh, that's a summary. And so I don't want to overstate the error rate but even an error rate of 2% or 3% would be hundreds of times higher than the acceptable rate under federal law. So here we've got a situation where the error rates are very high and, and it goes right to the heart of the representative process, the vote itself. In other words, if I cast my vote for somebody, run it through the machine, uh, why isn't it counting it? Why are those errors so high? And then it's done, the software has done something which is to move it to an adjudication software or adjudication screen in which the error rate is even higher. So that suggests that there's something else going on here. And again, to suggest that it's mere user error or human error um, doesn't take into account that the software was designed this way and it's moving those votes. Uh, what should be easy to do, you know, counting the bubble scanner, so to speak, counting those filled mm-hmm. in circles. Uh, instead, the error rates are very, very high. And then individuals are adjudicating that. That means somebody else is casting your vote for you. They're, they're making the decision, was it supposed to be for this candidate or that candidate? And that's not supposed right. to happen with a bipartisan oversight in Michigan.
0: Right. And, and so if for the people who did this, I mean, that would be if they if if there was fraud, if they looked at them and then said, um, you know, when it was actually a Trump vote and they said it was for Biden or vice versa, um, that would be what kind of crime? And why is no one investigating this? I mean, it just makes no sense to me. But, I mean, this is a serious crime.
5: Well, it, it certainly could be. So a crime implies some sort of intent. And so whether or not somebody had the motive to change votes, those are what the eyewitnesses and the affidavits are saying out of uh, TCF Center, for example, in, in downtown Detroit in Wayne County. But up here in Antrim County, uh, the, the local county clerk didn't even realize that these the software was adjudicating the stuff outside of her site and then sending those changed votes back to Antrim County. So here, a crime requires some intent, but the fact that the error rate is so high violates a statute. The fact that it's being adjudicated in a way inconsistent with what the law says violates a statute. So regardless of the intent, at a minimum it violates a statute and requires immediate investigation uh, by, the, by the legislature. But if it's worse than that, if there was some sort of intentional or nefarious crime here, they could be both misdemeanors and felonies under Michigan law.
0: Okay, now the Wisconsin, our uh, our own John Solomon of Just the News, just reported that Wisconsin Supreme Court rules, um, ruled that the state erred by giving blanket exemption to voter ID rules. Uh, during COVID. So they used also in Michigan, the COVID rules uh, to say that that's the reason why no one could be in the room to be near the workers during this adjudication process that you're talking about, where they were independently making a decision on on who the ballots were supposed to uh, favor or go to. Um, and so it, it, is that the same sort of legal issue? Um, And will this decision in Wisconsin, do you believe, have any bearing on what might transpire in Michigan?
5: Well, it's certainly the same type of excuses being given for not following the statute. Now, there are different statutes in Wisconsin, but for example, a judge had already ruled in Michigan that there's no COVID exception to the Constitution and that those bipartisan oversight, the Republican and Democrat, were entitled to be close enough uh, to see those ballots, to see those adjudications. Look, you can't count what you can't see. And so that's already uh, been adjudicated in Michigan. That's already been ruled upon. And yet we have evidence, widespread evidence, that that, that was not followed. So in, in Wisconsin, it's a little different. That was uh, an exception to their voter ID law, where they allowed people who were indefinitely confined, arguably because of COVID, uh, to not present their voter ID or their a valid ID in order to vote. But in every case, we have to understand there's not a COVID exception to the Constitution. That's a very serious issue to try and bend the rules or in some cases break them outright because you don't like the way they are written. Now, the rules are meant to be followed uh, and the GOP here in Michigan, for example, slated a second set of electors today because they are a party of rule followers and they they don't want election officials uh, or the vast patronage of the presidency to try and sway somebody in, in, into bending or breaking the rules uh, when it suits them.
0: And we're also hearing about the Capitol being closed down. Um, and we know that the um, Speaker, I believe, of the House in Michigan today illegally closed the Michigan Capitol, preventing the GOP legislature from contesting the election results. Um, probably citing COVID, um, I did read something about it, it was for the safety of the um, So probably was COVID-related also. They're using that as as their reasoning anyway. Um, But if this behavior continues, um, does this information do us any good?
5: Well, I think it should. And there's a couple of different, uh, there's conflicting reports, right? The governor put out a press release this morning that said the building was closed, except to the Democrat electors, because of COVID. That was in her official press release. Then we heard something different from the Senate and House leaders today. Uh, There have been reports of threats. Now, I only saw peaceful protesters outside the Capitol today. I saw a large presence of police protection. The state police were out in numbers. I did not see any violence. So to me, there's a situation here where the the, the stories being reported don't match with what's going on. There were dozens, if not hundreds of people inside the building, uh, but they were slating Democrat electors. So constitutionally, that, that appears to me to be an interference with the, with the Republican slate, trying to do their official business under the U.S. Constitution and Michigan statute, which told them to convene at 2 p.m. at the Capitol today in the People's House, uh, the the, the location in the Capitol, in our capital city, uh, where the legislature is supposed to hold session and where these electors were supposed to meet. They were prevented from doing so today uh, because of the governor's orders and perhaps others. And so to me, it's important that we try to do our best to follow the laws as written instead of as we wish them to be applied. And if there is any violence or if there is any widespread violence or reports of that, I would condemn it immediately. And I would encourage all people of goodwill, regardless of what political affiliation or party you're on, to try and stop that. There should not be riots over voting. Voting is supposed to be done quietly, calmly, in secret, and in accordance to the rules. But the process should be transparent. And that's something we still don't have, even now, a month after the election.
0: Wow. Well, it's just, it just, the plot just continues to thicken. The evidence continues to mount and the media continues to deny. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate everything you all are doing there at the Amistad Project.
5: Thank you for your time. Have a good evening.
0: You too. Coming up, early voting started today in the Georgia Senate runoff election. How do we make sure, though, that the same fraud doesn't happen again? Will more suitcases full of ballots magically show up in the night and give the Senate to the Democrats? Logical question. John Frederick's on the ground there is going to give us a full report. Stick around. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this.
6: Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder.
1: The more time that you spend
6: practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills.
0: Virtual reality
1: definitely helps, because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
6: Explore more stories like Shana's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
0: Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Don't forget, if you're listening on our podcast, make sure you watch the show every night, 7 p.m. on Real America's Voice. If you're watching on Real America's Voice, check out our podcast over on justthenews.com. President tweeted about an hour ago that Attorney General Bill Barr will be leaving that post before Christmas, and Deputy Attorney General Jeff uh, Jeff Rosen, I almost said Jeff Sessions, boy, that would have made for some interesting television, <laughs> is stepping in. Um, could we start, do you think we could start seeing some investigation into vote fraud now? Hmm, wouldn't that be interesting? Let's go to our guy on the ground in Georgia, John Fredericks, what say you?
7: Well, it's a day of reckoning here in Georgia for Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue after basically a month of blowing off Trump, blowing off his voters, and just sticking to their ridiculous scripts, not addressing what is going on here. Finally, they get the wake-up call. Two things happen today. New polls come out. They're both trailing. That's number one. Number two, we just find out that in the period between November 3rd and December 7th, the Democrats registered 80,000 new voters. I want your listeners, Dr. Gina, to grasp this number. They registered 80,000 new voters in four weeks. Wow. When I was chairman of the Trump campaign in Virginia, it took a seven, a seven month period to register about 150,000 new voters. They got 80,000 in four weeks. Uh, It's it's a tremendous effort. They're getting it because they're cheating again. Finally, Loeffler and Purdue, they start to get it. They hit the panic button today. Now they're calling for transparency from the Secretary of State to release who these voters are. We also pressured the Secretary of State, uh, Brad Raffensperger, into finally agreeing after the fact, albeit, to do a signature audit of the envelopes, he picked portions of Cobb County, opening the door to really see what the level of this fraud is. Third thing that happened today is the Republicans in Georgia got together. They elected 16 Trump electors separate from what the the Democrats did, and they submitted those to the governor for review. Obviously, the governor picked the Biden electors, but. If Georgia goes, if it's struck down by uh, the Supreme Court of the United States and that certification is made invalid, they have the electors in place to change it over, Dr. Gina, to President Trump. So big day today in the state of Georgia.
0: Now, will that need to take place in every state, John?
7: Yes. So uh, there's three of the four states in question, have named their own electors, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Arizona, and submitted them to the governor. So they already have a slate of alternate, if you will, Trump electors. Michigan attempted to do that today. The state police wouldn't allow them to convene, which is another heavy-handed act, as you know, uh, by Governor Whitmer. But three of the states have already done this. So you've got now three states, Dr. Gina, with two competing Sets of elo- of electors submitted to the to each governor for review and sanction, and so right now, because in these in these states, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, and Wisconsin, those votes have been certified by those secretaries of state. Right now, the electors that are chosen are those for Biden. However, the Supreme Court today took up uh, uh, all four of Sidney Powell's uh, suits in all four, all four states, put it on the docket, that means they have to rule on it, they can't just throw it out without considering it, so they're either going to rule in their favor, throw them out, it'll get dismissed, I don't know on what grounds they can't do that again, or uh, they'll have a hearing, and then we'll get the evidence out. Today is a great day for Trump, and I'm telling you, Dr. Gina, Whatever the other networks are saying, this is far from over. We are a long way from having this settled. That's why on Sunday, uh, Steve Khalees, Majority Whip, said on TV of the Republicans, I'm not calling Joe Biden right now president-elect until all this plays out. Dr. Gina, there's a long way between now and then. The only date that's hardwired into the Constitution is January the 20th. That's the inauguration. All of these other dates, they are mendable.
0: So you feel like today was really a page-turner, it sounds like, John, in terms of uh, the various things that that happened. And and part of the reason for perhaps the uh, more jubilant attitude, it seems to me, from uh, maybe the president and uh, some of those around him.
7: Well, I think, look, I think uh, reality set in on Friday night and over the weekend and deplorables and Trump voters. They considered the decision that the Supreme Court made, which was a cowardly, gutless decision to toss this whole thing out and not consider it, which is their job. That's why they're there. So now we're saying, okay, we got to take action into our own hands. We have to do something. That's why you're seeing action today. The other thing is is you got two new pieces of evidence. You had the judge in uh, upper uh, Peninsula, Michigan, that allowed the release, Gina of the uh, of the uh, of the Dominion machines forensic study. If you read that study, right. it's downright frightening. That went in our favor. The other thing is, in Georgia now, finally, they're going to do an analysis of the signatures and the legality of the signatures on the envelope envelopes in one county, Cobb County, and if that comes back. With a significant discrepancy, let's say 5 or 6% of the voters illegal or signatures don't match. We don't know who the voters are because the ballots are separated from the envelopes. But if it's 5 or 6% right. and 5 million people voted, you can extrapolate that and say there's 250,000, maybe 300,000 voters in Georgia potentially that shouldn't have voted. That gets thrown out. Therefore, those electors would go to Trump. So today is uh, today's the day we really turn the page on this. Dr. And uh,
0: yeah, and one one other interesting piece of information I don't know if you saw uh, Donald Trump tweeted about an hour ago or so that uh, Attorney General Barr is out and he will leave before Christmas. Um, this would give time. To um, this deputy attorney general Jeff Rosen, who will become acting attorney general, uh, president says he's highly respected, um, and he says highly respected Richard Richard Donahue will be taking over the duties of deputy AG. Uh, this is fascinating, and does this is this another reason why you believe this day I guess John is a page turner because finally um, some of the things that we've all been saying why aren't they being done might start getting done.
7: Bill Barr had the Hunter Biden information for 12 months. He sat on it. Bill Boer was aware of all of these uh, discrepancies going on with these, with the illegal Dropbox and everything else. He did nothing about it. He did nothing. Durham's been out there for what, 15, 18 months. We we haven't seen a th- single thing. So it's time for him to go. It's time to get somebody in there. We need to name a special prosecutor to look into this vote fraud because Dr. Gina, at the end of the day, regardless of the outcome, people want to be assured that their vote counts and that we got to the bottom of this. Right now, we're not doing it, and just because the fake news says Biden's president and he got 270, that doesn't mean anything. What matters is, are these votes legal? Are we going to get to the bottom of it? Otherwise, the Democrats are going to keep doing it. That's why Purdue and Loeffler are behind in Georgia, and if the election were held today, they not only would get beat, they get killed. They would get beat by five or six if it were held today. Because Trump voters are mad, 15% of them say they're not gonna turn out, their vote doesn't matter, and they just registered another 80,000 people that we can't even verify the legitimacy of those. And they added another tw- 20 drop boxes with no chain of custody. So the Democrats have found a formula to now win every election in perpetuity until we stop it. Yeah. That's why it's no, no, so we really have.
0: Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, it looks sure is getting more interesting every single day, John. We always appreciate your commentary. Thank
7: you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Gina.
0: All right. And coming up, Governor Cuomo in New York has been accused of sexual harassment. So, are we supposed to believe all accusers this time? I'm so confused by the rules of the left. Luckily, Amanda Head lives on the left coast and she is going to explain it for all of us. So, stick around. More Dr. Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. And welcome back to Dr. Tina Primetime. We're so glad you're with us. Don't forget, if you are listening on the podcast, make sure you tune in to our nightly show on Real America's Voice, RAV TV. We'd be happy to have you every single night, 7 p.m. And if you're watching us right now, make sure you check out our podcast, Dr. Gina Primetime at justthenews.com. A woman named Lindsay Boylan dropped a virtual bomb on the governor's office in New York yesterday with a tweet. It said, Yes, Governor Cuomo sexually harassed me for years. Many saw it and watched. I could never anticipate what to expect. I would be grilled on my work, which was very good, or harassed about my looks, or would it be both in the same conversation? It was this way for years, she said. So... We believe the accuser in this case. What are the rules here? She's from the left coast, but she's in the swamp for a few days. Amanda Head, they say, believe all women all the time. That is what the left said. So what do we do about this?
6: Yeah, them's the rules, guys. Uh, Unfortunately, I
0: don't abide by the rules. I don't know either
6: one of these people personally, um, but she did make some interesting accusations. I will also say that in 2018, she left her position Under circumstances, she was uh, experiencing some scrutiny over her performance and her behavior in the workplace as well. Now, she served under him as his deputy secretary of economic development, and as you saw in that tweet, she says that other people witnessed and watched, uh, but she also said in a subsequent tweet that she is not really interested in providing any details or any subsequent information. So I kind of feel like if you throw a bomb out there like that about the governor of a state, especially a state like New York, uh, very populous, state, that you should be uh, interested in offering a little bit of backup uh, B-plot data?
0: Yeah, you think so. You know, but it seems like with the left, you know, that only matters. The backup data only matters when it is someone on the left who's accused, or else they just bury the story. Of course, when you're talking about a Supreme Court justice or a sitting President Trump, uh, it's completely different rules all the time. And, and, And then, you know, I guess the question at a certain point becomes... How does the left live with themselves? Do you get a chance, you're surrounded by them. Do you get a chance to talk to people on the left very often and get inside their heads? (laughs) I I do not even try to get in their heads
6: because I I don't want to have to bathe myself in Clorox on the way out. Um, I think that she is going to learn the disparate set of rules between the left and the right. If you are if you are accusing a Democrat politician, it doesn't matter if you yourself are a Democrat, too. You can come forward and say, look, I supported this guy at one time. I support Democrats. I donate to Democrats. But this happened to me. It's still not. I mean, you're exactly right. They're not going to give it any coverage. And this was uh, reported out there today but i would imagine that this is going to be about a 24-hour news cycle for her story and you're not going to see it on any mainstream media you'll only see it on you know honest news sources like like america's voice
0: Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. All right. I don't know if you saw the story about the little girl on the plane. She was two years old. Her parents recorded it. Um, We, I believe, will be having them on the show tomorrow evening here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Um, But they um, they were forced off of the plane and told that they could never be on the plane ever again, Amanda, because their two-year-old would not wear a mask now i could barely get my husband to wear a mask on the plane so um so i am wondering i want to roll the video and then i want to get your commentary on that we just got kicked off the flight because our two-year-old would not put on a mask and we tried i mean i'm gonna put a video on (laughs) and they're sending all of our bags and Adeline's car seat to new york and we're banned off of United Forever because a two year old would not put on a mask.
5: Why? We're over here holding this mask on her face. I'm sorry, sir. I And
4: I took that opportunity on ran with her
5: You see
6: this? I'm literally covering her face. to <laughs>
0: Now, as far as I know, I haven't seen any comment from United other than that they're looking into it, um, which really doesn't mean much. And I also understand um, that these parents are considering legal action against United. Um, I just want your commentary on this, Amanda. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I will
6: withhold my personal opinion regarding criticism of United Airlines, and I will just say that there are other airlines out there. Um, This is absolutely despicable. It almost kind of seems to me like parent-shaming, uh, because you can't get your two-year-old to put on a mask. But remember, at one point, and I think that they have, they have made these restrictions more stringent, but they said that children didn't have to wear masks. And I just wanna say, and obviously this is anecdotal, but over the course of the last three months, following the Trump campaign, reporting the rallies for this network, I added up all of the mileage. Uh, I've been on airplanes, uh, I think I've traveled what was, I think it was 57,000 miles on airplanes over the last three months. I've been in no wow. less than 20 states, uh, and at Trump rallies where a lot of people were not wearing masks, and many studies have already shown that contracting coronavirus on an airplane is negligible. I mean, the chances of it happening are next to zero, kind of like the the... You know the statistic for catching it in general. Anyway, if you're a healthy person, um, but this is absolutely absurd. And if they if they pursue legal action, they should uh, at least try to to recompense the money. I mean, imagine how expensive it's going to be to ship all of that luggage from New York back to their home. I mean, that's
0: that's that's the biggest pain of all of it to me. <laughs> well, and, and as Carrie Sheffield pointed out a little earlier here on the show from our from our partners at Just the News, um, a 50 year old person has a three times higher chance of choking on food than they do of dying from covid i mean that is just a mind-blowing um figure but you know you you think about this and and yet we don't really know the health implications for wearing the masks, of course, and I've reported that my own son has a staph infection on his face, that we cannot get to go away. It starts to go away, comes back. Um, and I'm hearing this all the time, all sorts of infections um, that people yeah. are getting because of wearing the masks. And they seem to have no care whatsoever about the health Im- implications. There are no long-term studies on people wearing cloth masks. It's not the same thing as a surgeon wearing a mask that is breathing into an open wound, obviously. And as we had, Uh, Dr. Gold report right here on this show it has the same impact wearing a mask has the same impact of trying to prevent sand being thrown in your eyes by holding up a chain link fence so so none of this makes any sense it's like we just have to shut up and comply or or they come for us yeah and I wouldn't be surprised if if you know
6: people are suffering long-term damage to their sinuses. Our sinuses um, are are really miraculous things. They have these moisturizing turbines in them that not, not only filter air, but they moisturize it as it goes into our system. But when you close off fresh air from going through those and you continually have the same moisturized air going through, uh, that causes infection so it does make you wonder if there are going to be long-term issues with people f- with their sinuses because what does it say that yeah. when you're walking around in the fresh air you're just fine then you put a mask on and then your nose starts running uh, who, who thinks that it's better to wear a mask and breathe in your own hot
0: breath than oxygenated well, air well and fibrous um, part- particles breathed into the lungs we still don't know about that either but anyway it is time for our meme of the day Now, Amanda, we have Patrick Henry pictured here. He says, Give me liberty or give me death unless there's a virus with a 99% recovery rate, which is in, in which case, uh, strip all of my freedoms away, my job, my constitutional rights, put me under house arrest. And I'll just say, for the sake of it, uh, gag me as well, because that's the other thing yeah. you're doing. Uh, Amanda, what would Patrick Henry think of the craziness we're all enduring these days?
6: Okay, in all honesty to our audience, I didn't see this meme ahead of time. I wish I had because I would have sent you a picture from yesterday, I went to Colonial Williamsburg and took a picture of the chair where Patrick Henry supposedly died. So give me liberty or give me death, but only if it's in a padded armchair. Um, But also (laughs) uh, the friend of mine who we were at Colonial Williamsburg with, You know, obviously they're all dressed out in in period costume and it's wonderful to see, but they were all wearing masks as well. And I looked to my friend and I said, don't you find it ironic that that these people uh, wearing masks are standing here representing people who literally fought a war and won a country during a plague during all sorts of, of health issues. I mean, th- this has happened for centuries where, where our state, our country, has been able to vote through crises like this. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think that the irony is lost on a lot of people, especially over at Colonial Williamsburg, because, as you know, that's, that's a pretty blue area. But everyone was all masked up, except for uh, my friend and I and a few other people who were walking around the Colonial Historic Village without our masks on. But I think that Patrick
0: Henry would be very upset by what's happening right now. He would, he would think that we were probably a bunch of wusses. And I want to get your take quickly, Of have less than a minute left, but I want to get your take quickly on uh, the president uh, putting in a new, uh, uh, take, look, AG Bar is out right before Christmas and uh, somebody new will be in. What do you think about that?
6: I was shocked. I literally just read it on Twitter. Twitter a few minutes ago. Um, it's very, very interesting timing. And uh, Bill Barr, I think, is is going to be gone for a lot of the fireworks because if any, if if anything today showed us that this is not over by a long shot, and there are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lots of exciting things to happen in the future.
0: I hope. And Bill Barr is not going to be around we'll for it. Oh well. Next month will prove to be a very interesting news cycle. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us as well. Your new home for real news, the uncensored and undaunted Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God, go boldly now and live the truth.